Stampede. January 195, recorded 8 I'm not an economist, but I can tell when something is wrong if the Federal Reserve or the Secretary of the U.S. Treasury says inflation is transitory and not embedded. Any fool who's lived in this country for the last 70 years knows if you bought a new car in 1960 for, let's say, $2,000, Today, to buy a new vehicle for getting you where you want to go could run you an easy $20,000, and probably a lot more. So if that's not inflationary, what's been happening for the last 60 years, it sure as hell hasn't been transitory. In fact, it hasn't just been the cost of buying an automobile. It's across the board for everything. 
if you bought a box of nails in 1960 used to build a wooden and glass cabinet, those same nails would cost you a lot more to buy today. In fact, the wood you bought, the glass you bought, the tools you bought, even the house you bought, or the food you bought, all cost a lot more today. So actually the word transitory about inflation is ironically correct. It's transitory, all right, because it just keeps getting higher and higher. People like to say our standard of living has risen as well. So what's the problem? We're living better than everyone else in the world. Some say we're living in the greatest country on earth. But people, a lot of people, realize any government with serious debt isn't necessarily described as great. It's typically described as a third world nation. But then again, when they say we're the greatest country on earth, they're right, because historically, our government's $32 trillion debt is the greatest debt of all time, and something is wrong with that. I understand why politicians use propagandists disguised as journalists to deceive the public. They work for getting higher ratings on TV, so they don't necessarily tell the truth. But I don't tolerate politicians intentionally lying to the American people, telling us everything is all right, that we can continue doing what we're doing. But then again, they want to stay in power. So they don't necessarily tell the truth either. You see, politicians want you to keep consuming, thinking that's what makes us a great nation. They have never been concerned about what's been done to the natural world, because the truth of the matter is corporations, big businesses, are what run our country's government. 
We have a corporatocracy that fill the halls of our Senate, the House of Representatives, and even the presidency with people who protect those corporations so they can keep making profits. But they don't care what's been done to the natural world. No, they thought they could keep taking without a cost. But it's become obvious that we've damaged the natural world. And if you think consuming more for getting profits can continue while we damage the one thing that sustained our very existence, well, you better sit up and listen. I'm a natural man, and in my world, what's important is the balance that has kept us alive. The natural world is beautiful, but it's also dangerous and even unforgiving. If you think we can live in an artificial world without our heritage, well, you can't imagine the pain that will be coming. You thought we were secure in the weapons we built, but nothing, and I mean nothing, can secure us if we think we can live without the place we came from. It's our connection to our past, and without it, we have no future. Nothing is as powerful as what we came from and what has sustained us. If you think we can live in an artificial world with artificial food, artificial water, artificial air, you're wrong. We need to protect what has kept us alive instead of taking from it. The truth is, our politicians will never tell us to stop what we've been doing. They'll tell us everything is all right, and all we need to do is make a few adjustments. They know what will happen if the consumerist economy has to come to an end. Of course, when that happens, they don't want you to realize you'll take the fall the pain, the serious pain that will be coming when that happens.
I like to call myself a natural man, and it's because as a child, my parents gave me a gift that few children have ever received. My parents put our 100-acre farm into conservation and planted 25,000 scotch pine seedlings and a handful of Douglas fir when I was eight years old. And so I can proudly say my parents gave me a gift of a forest. And as I grew to manhood, so did the scotch pine. So I'm proud to say I'm a natural man, but that isn't what I want to say when I believe we've damaged the one thing that has sustained all of us. And it's not our need to live in the digital world. No, I have evidence to support what I believe. In fact, I have personal knowledge of what took place back in 1992 when the Canadian government placed a ban on the fishing of cod and the Grand Banks of Newfoundland and Labrador, ending nearly five centuries of fishing cod. I could talk about the people of Newfoundland who relied on the cod for their livelihood, but I won't. It wasn't entirely their fault. It was large commercial fishing vessels from other countries that came to the Outer Banks and took everything they could, resulting in the cod disappearing. I know this to be true because I personally had traveled to Newfoundland in hopes of following a dream I had as a youngster, to buy a boat and sail the St. Lawrence Seaway through the Great Lakes all the way to the end of Lake Michigan to Chicago. I accomplished that dream with a boat I bought and a man from Newfoundland, and I'm proud of having done that. I lived on a boat for nearly 40 days to accomplish that. And I saw what the disappearance of the cod did to the people of Newfoundland. So I know it's no myth that we've damaged what I call our heritage. And it's not just the outer banks of Newfoundland. I see where we're headed. If you think we can live in an artificial world in our digital age without the natural world, well, you've got it all wrong. Our consuming economy won't protect us from what's coming.
The evidence is overwhelming. The Exxon Valdez oil tanker that struck land perched on a rock spewing out 260,000 barrels of oil, resulting in an estimated death of 100,000 to 250,000 seabirds, at least 2,800 sea otters, approximately 300 harbor seals, 247 bald eagles, 22 orcas, and an unknown number of salmon and herring. The oil spilt affected 1,300 miles of coastline from Prince William Sound in Alaska. It's considered the second largest oil spill in the U.S. after the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil blowout. They estimated in Alaska roughly 30 years before the spill will regain all that it destroyed in the environment. Personally, I feel the damage could last far longer. But oil spills have been occurring everywhere around the world, and the damage caused by that is impossible to calculate. The deep water horizon in the Gulf of Mexico was an industrial disaster that began in April of 2010, spewing out oil estimated at 4.9 million barrels and is considered to be the largest marine oil spill in the history of the petroleum industry. After several failed attempts, the well was sealed in September of 2010. As of 2012, it was reported that it was still leaking. In the words of Wikipedia, I quote, The Deepwater Horizon oil spill is regarded as the largest environmental disaster in the world. End quote. Cardiotoxicity from the oil was widespread in animal life. With the spill originating off the coast of Louisiana, found in the panhandle of Florida, it covered 70,000 square miles of ocean, equivalent to the size of the state of Oklahoma. It's obvious that the food we eat and the water we drink has been in question when examining these kinds of disasters occurring on the land, seeping into streams and rivers. So the image that the natural world hasn't been affected is impossible to believe. But it's not just oil. We've taken and polluted for corporate profits everywhere. Eventually, it will come to an end. And so will the economy that built it.
You're mistaken if you think we're secure, immune from what has been done to the natural world. Well, you've been tricked into believing the only thing that mattered was profits. They told you if you had it, well, flaunt it. And that's what happened. The consumerist world couldn't stop taking from the one thing that could keep us from damaging ourselves and other living things. It's true, the natural world could never offer any guarantees. It's a dangerous place. But no species on Earth can destroy like what we can. And the consumerist economy helped us to accomplish that. You thought we could build a world, a digital world with machines that removed us from our heritage. Well, we have no future without it. You've allowed that to go on for too long, and now the evidence is too obvious to ignore. Unprecedented heat across the globe sparked fires in Greece, Spain, Morocco, Algeria, the United States, Canada, and dozens of other places. Record temperatures in the oceans as well. The turning point of no return may have already started. Our skies may turn yellow and red, and we did it all in the name of progress. What we should have been doing was protecting the natural world, attempting to understand how to live with it and how to protect ourselves from ourselves. We became dangerous, not only to the one thing that could sustain us, but dangerous to ourselves and all other living things. We thought the weapons we built were going to secure our future. But it hasn't. We had people selling weapons around the world, and we accepted that because making a profit was what we thought was important. Yeah, we were going to light the way to an artificial world thinking we didn't have to worry about anything. The AI was going to free us. Well, you're not going to be able to call yourself free. You were tricked into being a tool for the system, and now it won't allow you to escape. And the pain is about to come. And your machines, your computers, can't stop it.
this week on Garner Isn't You first heard music by Vic Mixie from the 1964 movie Night Walker. Then a cut from the main title to the 1961 movie Barabbas by Mario Nacionbini, followed by a Michael Stern's composition Encountered, released in 1988. And then with more Stearns from the 1993 movie Baraka, Broken Vows. Next was a cut from Franz Waxman's music to the 1940 movie Rebecca. And finally to close, more of Stearns' Broken Vows from the movie Baraka. Stampede. Written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.